It's the next level. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying? You know, violently. I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. The following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knew that I wanted spooky, so the mailman brought it today. Woo! Alright, that was probably the most stupidest Christmas carol you'll ever hear in your life, but I do not care. And I know that stupidest is not really a word. But I don't care about that either. Because coming to you undead from Studio Zero and the Next Level Network of Podcasts, it's not a podcast that everyone is waiting for. No, that sounds kind of stupid, but whatever. Today is episode 62, but whatever. No, um, <laughs> coming to you live, it is... What lurks behind Podcast Zero? Figure I better start making this sound professional, right? Like, because, you know, it's a podcast. It's supposed to be professional. Because I'm so professional. Um, But it is episode 62. That part is not a lie. But it's not called But Whatever. <laughs> but it should be, honestly. But no, um, whatever. Uh, No, this week, talking about a movie that doesn't get talked about a lot. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. So, and it's a movie that, it was kind of cool, because I hadn't seen this movie since, like, my high school days. It's been a long time since I watched this one. And so it was kind of cool, because it was like watching a new movie all over again. It's kind of cool how sometimes, like, especially when you don't see a movie often, like, it's not like, I don't know, like, Empire Strikes Back. I've seen 200, 300, 400 times. So even if I go five years without watching it and then I watch it again, it's not like watching a new movie because I know what happens. movie like this, though, was kind of cool because I really didn't remember much about it. The movie of this week is from 1984. It's a movie called Don't Open Till Christmas because we're going to be talking about Christmas movies this week and next week. So... Guess who else was talking about Christmas movies just recently? Joe Bob Briggs. Yep. Joe Bob Briggs, um, Shudder had their last drive-in marathon special holiday presentation, otherwise known as Joe Bob's Red Christmas. Uh, and it, I will say this, and I have loved all the marathons he's done so far. Um, up to this point, I think... 
Uh, probably the Halloween one. Halloween Hoot Nanny was probably my favorite. But I mean, like the last drive-in season one, there was quite a few movies in there that I really enjoyed, and obviously that original marathon. You know, he did like pieces and Hellraiser and movies like that. So obviously, I was like, woohoo, right on. But I think this marathon is my favorite of all of them so far. The I I was glad because he did the original Black Christmas from 1974. I think that was a given. I think everybody knew that Joe Bob was going to, you know, talk about that movie and whatnot. His rating for it was a little surprising, but <laughs> but at the same time it wasn't. He did make sense when he explained his rating for it, but. Um, the three movies he did, it was a three-movie marathon. He did Black Christmas from 1974. Um, he finished off with Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which I think a lot of people expected that one as well. The one we were not expecting was the middle movie uh, from 1996 or 97, uh, Jack Frost, which that was a hoot because, again, one of those movies that I hadn't seen very often. I've seen it, like, years ago on VHS. And I remember it had, like, the really cool, like, lenticular uh, cover that, like, it was the snowman. And then when you kind of turned it a little, it had, like, the look of, like, this, like, skeleton snowman with, like, fangs and teeth and shit like that. Fangs and teeth, same fucking thing, but whatever. Uh, I told you, episode 62 should be called, but whatever. Um, But, yeah, it was really cool, like, having him talk about Jack Frost because Jack Frost was a movie that was not listed on Shudder. Me, like myself and many other like mutant fans, we were all like scouring Shudder trying to figure out what movie would he do. And I mean, I went into it thinking he was going to do Black Christmas, Christmas Evil, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. So I was right, two out of three ain't bad. But Jack Frost was a nice surprise. And I, and again, then the next day I checked, I was like, okay, it usually goes on demand. And I was really worried because in Canada, a lot of the times movies go missing and they disappear. I know in the States it happens too, but for some reason we lose a lot of them. And uh, I was really worried. I was like, oh, this might be one of those like live events and then the movie's not there. Nope, it was there. All three movies are there on demand to be watched. Uh, and man, what a fun marathon it was. It was uh, it was really, really good. Um his Black Christmas rating, I, I really don't want to spoil it. Let me just put it this way. He rated Jack Frost higher. Let that sit for a while. <laughs> but, um, I mean, overall, it, w- it was a lot of fun, though. Uh, there's, um, I'm not going to, I'm going to spoil something a little bit, but not a whole lot. They do a reenactment of the Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, the death of Linnea Quigley's character basically uh denise i believe was her name in the movie they do a reenactment with that between joe bob and darcy and it's it's fun it's funny um darcy was on point this uh marathon too there's a lot more of darcy which myself and a lot of other fans like we love joe bob don't get me wrong i mean it's it's his show we obviously we want him there but darcy brings like a lot of fun to the show as well and I mean, it's, it, we had all noticed, like, you know, when when the show first came around, well, when he did that very first marathon, she was hardly a part of it, and she's becoming more a part of the show, and I really enjoy that. I like that for, like, the Black Christmas film, uh, when it opens, like, when the, the whole marathon kicks off, she's in the room with him, like, right to begin with, and it was it was nice to see that, because they're a good combo. They work very well together, and so... 
I, I was really, I was really impressed. Um, I, I, again, I, I don't want to say too much because honestly, if you didn't get to see it live, go watch it. You're going to have a blast with this one. Um, you can definitely tell that they are, they're coming around now. They're really getting into the mode of things and, uh, not to mention he's incorporating more people like Yuki, who's like one of the behind the scenes guys, you know, Yuki keeps coming into the picture now. And like Joe Bob is like bringing them in. Like it's like a whole shutter family and it's really awesome to watch. So anyways, I think, uh, it's time for, uh, you know, the, the, the podcast zero red Christmas special. Uh, and it's such a special one too. But anyways, <laughs> I do have to say this, though, or more ask this. Answer me a question if you can. If a killer is specifically targeting people dressed as Santa Claus, right? Would you dress up in Santa gear in public view? I mean, would you even think for any reason it would be fucking worth it? i just curious because I kept asking myself this question while I was watching this movie. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, let's do the trailer timeout and... Uh, when we return from the break, our shared podcast experience is going to dive, dive literally, uh, into the rarity of uh, British Xmas exploitation uh, slasher flick, basically. Uh, but it, an Xmas exploitation is an actual genre of film, <laughs> at least I say so, and so do many others. So yes, that um. Anyways, you will understand why uh, it's a rarity after I unload my review on all your eardrums. Uh, anyways, let's do the trailer timeout, and we'll be back in a spurt, kids. Present from the people who brought you Friday the 13th, now comes Don't Open Till Christmas. A homicidal maniac is loose at Christmas. His target is Santa Claus. No one dressed as Santa Claus is safe. His death toys are a spear, a gun, an open razor, a dagger, or a garrote. Execution by any means. Don't open till Christmas. Some Santa Clauses ignore the warnings. He surely wouldn't attack a woman. Don't open till Christmas with special guest star Carolyn Monroe. Terror drives one Santa Claus into a house of wax. Amidst the wax and plaster, a real body, warm flesh, wet blood. Until Christmas. What possible reason could I have for going around killing Santas? Oh, none. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming to get you. So, Santa, did you bring me any presents? I'm. I'm not the real one. <laughs> Starring Edmund Purdom, who knows there are only three more killing days till Christmas. Don't open till Christmas. If you do, you may not see in the new year. All right, welcome back, kids. So, 
I should preface something really quickly before we go into this review. So, um, I'm not one for normally, like, you know, putting my personal life out there. I mean, like, sometimes I'll give you guys, like, little hints and whatnot. But anyway, so this is kind of a funny thing, kind of not a funny thing. My eyesight's been really fucked up lately. So... (laughs) I'm overlooking my notes before going into recording this segment of the show, and I've realized that a few areas I may have, like, you know, put some typos in here. So I'm going to do my best to try and do this review without sounding like a complete buffoon. But, yeah. And not to mention, like, I wrote these notes... Shit. It's at least four or five days ago, and it was, like, in the middle of the night. So... With having bad eyesight, on top of, like, typing this in the dark because, like, I never turn lights on. Like, right now, the, the the lights for, like, my, like, recording room is a Christmas tree. I don't I don't believe in lights, which is probably another bad thing for my eyes. But whatever. Again, like I said, episode 62 is called But Whatever. But, um, no, it was just, I, I was laughing because I was, like, prepping this up and I'm like, hmm. I think I know what that word is. (laughs) So anyways, I'm going to try and do this the best I can. Um, If anything, it's going to be funny for you guys, especially if I really hit like a typo that I'm like, what the fuck was I trying to write there? So anyways, don't open till Christmas. And honestly, when I was thinking about it, like the title of the movie, like don't wait till Christmas to listen to this podcast. I I mean, I get it. Everyone's busy this time of the year with the Yuletide season and all of that fucking hogwash bullshit. But, um, don't, don't wait till Christmas to listen to this episode. All right. Like listen to it now, right now, not right now, obviously, because I'm recording it right now. But anyways, I talk a lot of stupid shit, you know that, but you all keep coming back. So it's kind of cool. Okay, enough with the fucking BS. Let's get into this movie. Don't Open Till Christmas was officially released December 21st, 1984 in North America. Uh, in the UK, they got it two days earlier, though. They got it uh, December 19th. But in the uh, in North America, US and Canada, uh, December 21st, 1984. It was directed by a one-time director, uh, Edmund Purdom. And this was the only title he would ever direct. Uh, to be fair, he's more known as an actor. He was a, a, a B-movie actor uh, out of Britain. I believe, like, when I was researching him, like, early in his career, he wasn't doing so much B-movies. But as time went on, he he found his niche in B-movies, um, including movies like Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks. Which I mention that because if you ever get a chance to watch Elvira's uh, movie macabre episode on Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks, it's a fucking riot. It is absolutely hilarious. Um, and not to mention the other thing, uh, Edmund Purdom. It was weird because when I was when I jumped into this movie, I was like, I know that name from somewhere. Uh, he was the dean in the movie Pieces. Pieces is an absolute classic piece of trash that is very dear to my heart. So <laughs> I thought I'd mention that because that's kind of cool. Uh, a random fact about his life that I just thought I'd throw in there because it kind of like struck me funny. He was married four times, um, which is, 
I'm not judging the man. I don't don't get me wrong. I don't care. People can do whatever the fuck they want with their lives. But it was just like, wow, like he obviously he knew how to attract women and he must have been really good with women and some might say very bad with women because if he was married four times it means there was at least three divorces in there but uh anyways yeah he was married to vivian purdom uh linda christian alicia dar and tita phillips he did pass away in january uh january 1st of 2009 actually he was 84 years old so he lived a nice full life and he gave us this gem of a fucking movie this movie that was written by Alan Birkinshaw and Derek Ford. And it was also produced by Stephen Manassian, who also produced movies like Pieces and Slaughter High. Slaughter High is another gem that is just, it's an utter piece of trash. And I absolutely love that fucking movie. And it was also produced by, uh, this movie, sorry, was produced by uh, Dick Randall as well, who also uh, produced Pieces. Uh, cinematography was by Alan Pudney, who did Slaughter High. So you can see, like, it, it, it's kind of all revolving within these three movies, you know, Don't Open Till Christmas, Pieces, and Slaughter High. And then, out of the blue, uh, special effects by Peter Litton. And Peter Litton did Clive Barker's Underworld, which is, um, is a movie also known by the title of Transmutations. He did the prosthetics makeup for that movie. Uh, the music for Don't Open Till Christmas, which, no, you're not hearing in the background right now because I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, <laughs> but the music was done by Des Dolan, who also has an acting role in this movie. He plays a detective constable. So, anyways, here is your starring cast. Starring cast, uh, you're going to uh, recognize some names because, like I said, Des Dolan, he's in this movie. Uh, Edmund Purdom. Our director is also the lead actor in this movie. He plays uh, Chief Inspector Ian Harris. Alan Lake plays Giles Harrison. Belinda Maine as Kate Brioski. I hope I'm pronouncing these names right. Uh, I watched the fucking movie, but I, it's weird. When I watch movies, I never pay attention to pronunciations, and I really should. Um, Jerry Sunquist played Cliff Boyd. Uh, Mark Jones was Detective Sergeant Powell. I thought that was kind of cool because Sergeant Powell was a... Anyone? Obviously, diehard. Um, Sergeant Al Powell. Uh, so I, I thought that was kind of cool that that was his name. Um, Kelly Baker as Experience Girl. Okay, whatever. This one, I, I, this next casting, I actually really like. Um, even though it's a cameo. But I think it was their selling point. It's how they got people in the seats. Uh, Carolyn Monroe. Uh, Star Crash, anyone? Like, fuck, I love that movie. Um, anyways, she plays herself in this. It's a cameo. She's doing, like, a, a song and dance thing. Um, to round off the cast, we have Kevin Lloyd as Jerry. Pat Astley as Sharon. A lot of this, I, I was noticing, like, they're all, like, just one name uh, characters. Uh, Wendy Danvers as Miss Sherry. Nicholas Donnelly as Dr. Bridal, but those scenes apparently were deleted, so he's credited, but his scenes aren't in the movie. And Lawrence Harrington as Kate's father. Uh, Kate's father is the, I believe he is the first kill, first or second kill of the film. He's uh, dressed up as Santa and 
he gets whacked. Okay, so the VHS box art synopsis. I like getting it from the VHSs. Um, this one actually was probably... <laughs> well, let's put this, There's DVD releases of this, but there's no Blu-ray. Um, but it's most commonly released on VHS, which... Yeah, I dare you to go look online for it. It's costly. It's kind of like Spookies. It's like, it's rare. So, yes, let's fucking charge an arm and a leg and a testicle while we're at it. But anyways, so your VHS box art synopsis reads like this. From the makers of Friday the 13th comes the film that shatters all barriers of horror. Don't open till Christmas. It's the thrilling and bizarre murder mystery where nothing is sacred, even Santa Claus. A killer is loose in London, and his sights are set on one target. Santa Claus. Dozens of them. Jolly old Saint Nick is stabbed, beaten, electrocuted. Everything in department stores at parties, and even on crowded street corners. What sort of twisty mind is behind these barbarous acts of violence? Scotland Yard is on the trail, but every clue points them in a different direction. The culprit is right under their noses. But will they come to the climactic conclusion in time? Don't open till Christmas. The gift of terror that just won't wait. All right. So, notes from the North Pole. Even though this takes place in London. But, hey, we're talking about Santa Claus. Père Noël. I can't think of any other names that they call him. But I know there's, like, several different names. Old St. Nick. Or some people call him Old St. Prick. But, anyways. Notes from the North Pole. This movie, one word. Trashy. Oh, yes. America can rest at ease this week because it's the Brits dishing out the dull, sleazy, mind-numbing, slasherific trash heap. Um, yeah, a British slasher. You don't see those often. I mean, they're there. I'm not saying that they don't exist, but it's just not... The Brits like doing other things. They, they're they about paranormal. They're about, you know, satanic cults. They're, they don't do slashers that much. Ita- Italian giallos, yeah, there's, there's a lot of those. And Americans fucking love slasher flicks. I mean, but it's just the, the Brits, you don't see it often. So it's kind of cool because... I'm watching this movie and I'm like, man, I forgot it was British. Like that was, it, like I said, it was like watching a whole new movie. It was really cool. And then like the idea of it being uh, Mr. Purdom's Edmund's only directing job, which you know, you, you watch this movie and you think, well, maybe after he was done with this movie, it was enough for him to say, "I'm out. I'm fucking tapping out. I'm. I'm that's all she fucking wrote." Uh, because well, and this was the thing. So the. The liner notes in the one DVD release. There's a lot. I guess there's a lot of DVD releases because I guess this movie is considered in the public domain. I'm not. I, there's a lot to this movie that I don't even understand everything with it. But anyways, the the one release in the DVD, the liner notes mentioned that um, he only Edmund Purdom agreed that he would star in the movie. They wanted him to star in it. He agreed he would star in it if he could direct it. 
why he wanted to direct it, nobody really knows, but he wanted to direct it. But apparently, according to, you know, the according to reports in this DVD release, he was fired because apparently he was inept. He didn't know what he was doing. And he was replaced by another director who was also fired. Apparently, this movie has something like three directors. But Edmund Purdom is the only one who gets the directing credit. So I'm assuming he did, like, the majority of the film. And not to mention... Like I was saying, so this movie is like considered in the public domain, apparently, and a lot of different uh, DVD companies and DVD labels or whatever you want to call them, they, they've released this. Uh, distribution companies and whatnot have released this film, um, most of them not in good quality. Like how I watched it, I watched it through a digital, digital version, and the transfer is not bad, but you can tell it came from a VHS tape, it, and a lot of... The DVD releases out there, that's exactly what the quality looks like, is that it was like a VHS transfer. Um, the acting in this movie, because I want to move on, the The acting in this movie is cheesy as fuck. Um, and who cares? Same with the plot. The plot, who the fuck cares what the plot is? Like, honestly, you want a plot for this movie? It's a Santa killer. And I'm not talking about a killer Santa. I'm talking about a Santa killer. A guy killing Santa Clauses who puts down Santa more than Mrs. Claus on her friskiest nights. It's... I What was it? Within the first 20 minutes of the movie, I think there was like four, five, maybe even six kills by this point. Like, it's quick. And not... To... So the opening of the film, this made me laugh because I'm watching this fucking movie and I'm like, Wow, this is this is the kind of movie I've been for. So there's a couple making out in a car, and the guy's dressed as Santa. He's he's I think he's even like inabbreviated and whatnot. He's fucking drunk. And anyways, they're making out in the car, and we see the point of view of the killer. He approaches the car, and he's like looking in on them. And like the dude dressed as Santa looks up at him. And he's like, "You want to get out of here? Or get the fuck out of here?" Or whatever he says to him. I forget exactly quoting on it but he's basically telling the dude to leave he doesn't even wait to see if the killer leaves like he's just like right back at this bitch he's like oh man i i must have this like this like luscious babe i gotta have her he's just like they don't nothing and he just keeps making out with her while this killer is circling the car staring at you're trying to tell me you wouldn't fucking notice some dude like staring at you and circling your car but whatever that's the kind of movie we're in for. And then, of course, the killer opens the door and he kills them. Um, it's it's that kind of movie. like, And it's a very low-budget looking film. And you definitely get that. But, again, it's the whole idea of, and I, I mentioned this earlier. You know, it, it's, it's well known in the film. It, even our inspector, you know, uh, Who's our director? Inspector director. I, I thought that was kind of cool when I was writing this out. But anyways, even okay, we know he's he he knows more than he's letting on. Like you, you get that feeling when you're watching this film and whatnot. But really, like the movie is just a Santa killing spree. And we all know that this killer is targeting Santas. So why the fuck is like there's so many people and I don't know, I don't live in London, England. Maybe someone from London can tell me. 
Do y'all dress up like Santa Claus like constantly? Because I don't understand why there's so many people dressed up as old Saint Nick when there's a killer specifically targeting them. I mean, and and at one point, um, oh, what is it? There's the one girl. She's like naked under like the, the Santa suit. And like you think he's like going to cut her tit off. Like I was thinking like New York Ripper style here and whatnot. No, it doesn't do that. But I mean, I don't know. It just... The thing with this movie is is you don't have to think about it. There's nothing to think about. It, it's it's just a killing spree, more or less. With I mean, obviously, there's there's supposed to be a twist, a kind of a twist as to who the killer is. When you figure it out, when you find out who the killer is, it's like, mm, all right. Um, I don't know. There's, again, like the DVD releases... I've I, I mentioned this a couple times actually, and I didn't realize uh, I wrote it so much. But this movie, it's because you want to you want to comment on the aesthetic of the film, right? But it's hard to do because this is one of those stuck on VHS releases, right? There's there's not a there's not a remastered version out there. There's not a Blu-ray version. Uh, thank you to Vinegar Vinegar Syndrome for remastering our Spookies. We, us Spookies fans, we love you for this. But this movie does not have that. It it looks professional from what you can see. Like, I lucked out the, the, the version I was watching. And I will say this. There is a version on YouTube. You can watch. Fairly clear, but has Greek subtitles with it. But it's there. I mean, and if you want to check this movie out, I, this is going to be rough of me to say, but I wouldn't pay to watch this film. <laughs> um you you might want your money back when it's done. But the thing is, is that it's very hard for me to comment on the aesthetic. It's very hard for me to comment on the cinematography of this film, which was something I, I was hoping I could do. The music, the music is something also, it, it's run-of-the-mill synth score. Um, very, it's your typical low-budget slasher, 80 slasher, um, there's, there's some cool music. The music was all right, but it's, it's not a John Carpenter score. It's not, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a, a, a it's not a score that you're going to remember. Okay. It's not, it's not Halloween. It's not Friday the 13th. It's not Nightmare on Elm Street. It doesn't have one of those scores where you're like, every time you hear it, you're going to know it. No, it's not like that. Des Dolan tries. But then again, Des Dolan is he's an actor in this, much like Edmund Perdman or Perdom, sorry. They're actors. They're they don't do the other things. They tried doing it for this film. This film had a very low budget. As a matter of fact, it had to be pretty low because I couldn't even find it. Um, is the movie unwatchable? No. It's I've seen much worse. Blair Witch Project. Book of Shadows, anyone? But yeah, um, I don't know. And maybe it's because I went into this knowing what I was getting. Like I knew it was going to be trashy cinema. Um, at the same time, it's it's a film that after I watched it, I also kind of realized why I didn't remember it from my youth because it's not memorable. There's There's nothing that sticks out. Carolyn Monroe, yes, please more of that um she's about the only thing that is 
very memorable in this film. Um, like I mentioned, like pieces, pieces earlier I mentioned, right? And we all know like Linda George is in pieces and you mentioned pieces to almost any horror nerd. And what's one of the first things they remember? I mean, they remember the girl getting, you know, gutted in half and whatnot, but everyone remembers the bastard scene, you know, bastard, like her screaming at the top of her fucking lungs. We all remember that. It's memorable. Pieces has some of the greatest kills as well. Like, there's some cool gore in that. Gore in this? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but it, it's nothing that sticks out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, again, it's just... I, I Here's something to think about, too. Okay, so. The Santa Clauses that get beaten, butchered, slaughtered, tormented, and castrated... Yeah, well, that happens um, in a fucking like urinal stall of all fucking things. But whatever. Okay, maybe that seems a little memorable. I will say that. But anyways, do we feel bad for these guys? No, not really. And the reason for it being because they're mainly sleaze bags. Um, but again, I try not to beat this point too much. But I have to ask why? Why dress up as a Fucking Santa when it's the hot topic of the town that a psycho is offing motherfuckers dressed as good old St. Prick right now. Like, I don't get it. I, I I almost could say, like, they fucking deserve to get their peckers ripped off, you know, or I, I don't know. They, they're basically begging for it, dressing up as the Jolly Red guy, but I don't know. The thing is, and I, I've got to stop because it, it's going to become a repetitive cycle if I keep going on with this movie. The thing is, is it's a very simple flick. Killer killing Santa Clauses. That's about it. Like, this is one of those movies that, okay, like, here, let's get into the reception of the film, right? How did people f- feel about this film? Well, DVD Verdict called the film barely watchable. Um they, uh, and I quote, they concluded that there's very little redeemable about Don't Open Till Christmas, but for exploitation diehards, Dick Randall's productions are always worth watching for a lot of blood, sex, and a few laughs. There are laughs, I will say that. I don't think they were intentional, but there's some shit to laugh at in this movie. Sex? Yeah, there's quite a bit of nudity. There's quite a bit of tits and ass and whatnot. So yeah, the TNA is there. Blood? Well... If you want to call it blood, looks more like red paint to me, but I mean, it's there. So I guess, yes, you could kind of assume that. Uh, Hysteria Lives, which I believe is a, a website. I, I Don't quote me on that. I, I never heard of them until now. I, and I know that might sound bad being like, oh, you're a horror podcast. You should know this shit. I don't know everything. But Hysteria Lives, they gave the film 1.5 out of 5 stars. They wrote that uh, words can hardly begin to say how truly bad this movie is. It is a Christmas turkey with a side trimming of cheese and par excellence. Yeah, like it, a Christmas turkey. You know, they're not wrong. Here's, here's how much they're not wrong. On Rotten Tomatoes... There's no critic score. Let that sink in for a minute. Fucking Rotten Tomatoes doesn't even have a critic score on this film. The audience score is at 
Um, and that's the other thing too. Trying to find ratings on this film, trying to find reviews was tough. Like, there's not a lot of people that talk about this, at least not in the industry. I know there's there's a ton of YouTube videos and podcasters that have talked about this movie, but in terms of like you know the the movie critics, like uh, I I specifically looked for Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert's like review on this. I was like, okay, they have to have torn this movie apart. I don't even think they touched it. Like I couldn't find anything. I was like on the internet and I can't find Roger Ebert tearing this fucking movie apart. I found him tearing fucking Friday the 13th, the final chapter apart. That was kind of funny. If you've been on the Facebook page, you saw me post that video. That was funny. Um, God, he hated that movie. But anyways, no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score at 13%. IMDb has this at 4.5 out of 10. That's being nice. Because here's the podcast rating on this. Podcast zero rating. Okay? Because I think I forgot to say zero. Um, how can I forget zero? Zero is the name of my dog. But anyways, look. It's it's like this. Okay? I love Xmas, uh, uh, Xmas Plotation films. I know it's not, okay, it's probably not the exact name of the genre, but that's what I'm fucking calling it. Exploitation. And I'll be honest with you, it might even be one of my favorite genres in horror. I absolutely love Christmas horror films. Like Black Christmas, Santa Slay, um, fucking, of course now I'm going to blank out, but Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, Deadly Games. Deadly Games is fucking great, and I just found out about that one. I know, a 1989 movie, and I just found out about it, but whatever. Um, you know, Jack Frost, uh, Black Christmas, the 2006 remake, like the Black Xmas. I'm not going to lie. I actually don't mind that movie. But I, and, and uh, To All a Good Night, uh, all throughout the house, um, Christmas Horror Story, Krampus, Elves. These are all, I, I'm not going to lie. I, fucking love Christmas horror films. But this movie is really not that good. I mean, if true, and if the movie had three directors, with a story that seems wonky and practically boring, a ton of killing with really no substance or reason to the kills, aside from people being stupid enough to fucking wear Santa gear, while a fucking loony is offing them because of said clothing, um, I don't know. Look, uh, you know what? I'll be nice. Okay, it, it's the holiday season. So I'm going to give the movie a five. But it really isn't worth more than a four. I don't even know how it has 4.5 on IMDb. It really isn't higher than a four. But you know what? I will say this. The Carolyn Monroe cameo, or the... Uh, it's kind of like out of place. It's a song and dance number, you know, whatever. Okay, so that earns it a bonus point. It, it, that'll be my gift to this movie. The Carolyn Monroe cameo gives it an extra point. So it'll be a 5 out of 10. But honestly, no. I will say this. If you enjoy Christmas horror films, give it a chance. Watch it. I I will say I will recommend it. At least then you can say you've seen it. So then if someone says, have you ever seen Don't Open, you know, Don't Open Till Christmas? You can say, yeah, I saw it. It sucked, but I saw it. Add it to the list anyways. But I mean, really walk into it knowing you're not, 
you may get some laughs. I will say that. You're going to get some fucking laughs out of this. And there's a lot, like, I'm not telling you guys about the movie because, honestly, as bad of a movie as it is, I, I still kind of recommend it. Just, just so you can say you've seen it. But on that note, thank you for listening. Um, that's, that's my little, that's Christmas special number one. Number two, okay, so... I know I should do the whole, like, where to find the podcast and all that, but I'm going to jump to the part where I tell you what next week's episode is because I'm not telling you what next week's episode is. Instead, I'm going to give you a hint. And you can guess to your heart's delight what you think it might be, but I'm not... This is a... My Christmas gift to you guys next week is the episode that I know what it is, but you don't know what it is. But my hint is this, okay? Not technically listed as a horror film but there is some creepy as fuck scenes in that movie and it's going to be fun to talk about and I wasn't going to do it originally I I was actually not going to talk about this said movie but then you know I was just thinking about it I'm like it has a lot of elements of horror to it even though it's more considered a family classic and it's a Christmas movie. So that's your hint. That's what I'm giving you. And I'll let you ponder on that while I tell you where you can find the podcast and all the social media shit and whatnot. And then lurkers recommendation. And we will close this fucking show. How's that sound? So where to find it? Well, you're listening to it. So you found it somewhere. Let's say you want to recommend it to a friend, right? You want to recommend it. You love this show. You love it with all the all the passion in your heart. It's like you cannot live life without this show. I, I'm really stroking my own cock right now. But anyways, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, CastBox, FM Player, or it can just go to its home at the Next Level Networks, ne- ne- the, the nextlevelnetwork.com nextlevelnetwork.com slash podcast zero for this specific show but if you go to just the nextlevelnetwork.com there is a slew of shows to pick from uh, DC Primetime lately has been doing a lot based on the crisis of Infinite Earths right now crisis on Infinite Earths sorry um, which I'm not gonna lie I've actually kind of enjoyed that it was it, there was some fun shit in that so uh, but definitely their, their episode just dropped this week and it's uh all about the crisis. So go check it out. Uh, you can also find this show at what lurks behind podcast zero.com. You can email me at what lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero. That Facebook page is booming. I love the people on there. I, I every time I post something, like within seconds, I have likes on the posts and whatnot and a lot of comments people you know a lot of a lot of people share the stuff and it's really awesome it's nice to see that the podcast zero is you know fluctuating through the facebook world and i I absolutely love that so to all of you thank you so much that means a lot to me um on instagram it's me who seems to be the one neglecting instagram not the people following it so again that's on me and it's something i need to correct and you know 
make different but anyways uh on instagram you can find uh, it under what lurks behind podcast zero it's very easy on twitter not so easy but it's there uh at wlb podcast underscore zero the red bubble store is still alive and well nobody's buying anything i don't blame you honestly whatever but hey man seriously like you want to give me a christmas gift buy a shirt or buy even a sticker you know just buy a little sticker I got a few friends who have the stickers around and, you know, putting them on their phone cases or whatever. And that means a lot. I, I like when I see the, the logo popping up from time to time. But anyways, the Redbubble store, you can go to the direct link at redbubble.com slash people slash podcast zero or go on the Facebook page and just click shop now. It'll take you right to the store. Lurker's recommendation. I kind of already mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it again. Because Deadly Games on Shudder right now is fucking awesome. I'm not going to lie. I am not going to lie. I never knew this movie existed. I had no fucking clue whatsoever. And then it popped up on Shudder. Caught my attention right away. I was like, hmm, this sounds interesting. So I did like a quick perusing of the internet. I wanted to see what, you know, what, what the overall consensus was on this movie. And when I read it was basically Home Alone meets Die Hard, I was like, I'm in. I am so in. And yeah, it's got, you know, French, it's a French movie with subtitles. So yes, you have to fucking read the goddamn movie. Shut up. Stop whining about it and just fucking do it because the movie is so worth it. Oh my God. And that's one thing, like something that really irritates me is when people are like, well, I hate reading movies. Shut up. Seriously, how do you call yourself a movie connoisseur if you don't like reading movies? If you're a basic bitch, fine, I get it, you know, and I don't like reading movies, whatever. Nowadays, even the English-speaking movies still have subtitles because we seem to incorporate all forms of languages now. We're actually getting smart as humans and, you know, realizing we're human and it's not just based on, like, imaginary lines in the sand. But anyways, whatever. So, uh, anyway, yeah, Deadly Games, check it out, man. It's so awesome. The other thing I might add, check out the Joe Bob's Red Christmas. If you didn't get to see it live, watch it now. Oh, so much fun. So much fun. Um, I will say Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 is the final movie of the night. You have to stick around for the end. You have to. It's worth it. It is so worth it. Um but that's about it from me. Like I said, next week, there is a movie. You have your hint. That's all I'm giving you. You figure it out from there. And so closing this off, I was like fucking around on my computer the other day and I came across an MP3 that I completely forgot I had. And I don't think it was ever officially released. It's a live recording of Corn reciting their version of The Night Before Christmas. I was like, you know what? I think that would be kind of fun to listen to. So that's how we're going to close out this show this week with a little live performance from Jonathan Davis and Korn and their recital of The Night Before Christmas. And keep in mind, it's NSFW because we're so edgy um, because it's their version and not the traditional version. But whatever. Again, episode 62, but whatever. (laughs) Ah... I never realized how much I say that going forward. You know, like, you know how everyone does those stupid new year's resolutions. We never follow them, but we do them anyways. I think 
going forward, like, you know, 2020, I'm going to try to stop using, like, the but whatevers and the likes and the very Valley Girl talk that I seem to bring to this show. Yeah, that won't happen. Anyways, thank you for listening, kids. And next week, it's a special surprise for all of you from me. Until then, have yourself a merry, merry Xmas. I know I stole that from my nine kills, but whatever. Fuck off. Show's over. I'm not gonna take